Praise God. God's good. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome Joanne Howe. She comes. She's going to introduce our valedictorians today. Praise the Lord. Come on, sweetie pie. Bless you. Are you excited this morning? Woo! Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, we had such an exceptional school this year. Students are outstanding. We had two valedictorians. The first time since I've had uh, administration over this school, this is the first time this has ever happened. And, and I go, wow, this is wonderful. So we have two speakers this morning. And the first one we're going to hear from is Suzanne McBride. Glory to God, that's all I can say. They told me I could keep this speech short, but no matter how big I made the print on my computer, it still came out the same length. <laughs> I'd like to thank Solid Rock Faith Center for offering this college course <clears throat> and to the, the teachers who spent their own valuable time teaching us each Sunday night. This class is for anyone who wants to learn more about the Bible and the aspects of ministry, including leading small groups, building Christ-like character, the Christian's warfare, our spiritual gifts, and where to fit into the body of Christ and everything in between and in detail. The Bible is an unending book of God's true word that gives us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 3.13, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. The only other time I've worn a graduation cap and gown was when I graduated from high school a couple years ago. It never even crossed my mind to attend this class until Jonathan suggested it, that I go and audit, which means to review the class, the ministry class one Sunday night. When jo Joanne asked for those who wanted to sign up, <laughs> to my surprise, my hand flew up. <laughs> I never imagined I'd be graduating in from a college class and get an AA degree at this point in my life. It was a real challenge taking this class every Sunday night for three hours for the past two years, plus the daily Bible reading and journaling, memorizing the scriptures, taking the tests, and volunteering my services. This church has many areas where they can use more volunteers. I have worked in this area, in the area of Greeter, in the Media Center, the annual Sorrento Car Show, hospitality, making meals for the ill, preparing and cleaning up after church meals, setting up a table for sex trafficking, and women's tea, and helping with the homeless ministry, which uh, was a real stretch for me. But it was well worth it, and volunteering is fun. These classes build up the confidence in my life by giving me more boldness and reassurance. Like the time we were required to deliver a five-minute sermon in front of the class, and another time when we had to share our testimony. I knew that the fear was from the enemy, so when my knees started shaking, 
I remembered, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. It was encouraging to hear others give their testimonies too. But most importantly, I just give God all honor and glory for helping me this along the way, which I couldn't have done without his help. And I also want to thank you, my wonderful husband, Jonathan. He's such a good husband. For all of his support and encouragement, besides attending every class with me, as he has already gra he graduated two years ago. But he got to hear it two times. <laughs> I want to end with my favorite Bible verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Thank you. That was beautiful. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it doesn't make any difference what age you are. You know, God will always use you. If you're, if you're a willing heart, and really it comes down to making a choice. And uh, excellent job. And our next uh, valedictorian was Joe L. Hart. Praise God. Come on up. Wow. We did it. Oh my gosh. You know, um, it seems like uh, so long ago, it was just two years ago, but uh, wow, there is a lot of effort that goes into it. And that I underestimated, I actually thought, hey, we could do this, but uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, um, thank you all for coming. Uh, it's quite a, uh, a good feeling to know that everybody's here supporting us and that um, and you're just here for us so first of all I'd like to thank a few people I'd like to thank uh, the teachers for taking the time to teach us and this typically on top of a full-time job and family commitments so this is something they're doing on the side uh, every Sunday uh, pouring their knowledge and life experience into our education each and every week um, and I'd like to actually list the teachers so just just bear with me um, Pastor Don, whose gloves come off as a teacher. Uh, uh, Pastor Sean, who would push us to be better, always. Kim Haynes, for her in-depth notes on our curriculum. In-depth, in-depth notes. Um, Matt Battershell, who kept making us review. Uh, Laura Diarcos for her soft-spoken wisdom. Lori Bingham, for her radiance and transparency. Uh, Adrian Peterson, for his wealth, his passion, for all things Jewish. Steve, Steve Rice, for his in-depth analysis. Chris Spencer, for his real-world observations. Very good. Cole McGowan, for enthusiastically pushing us to strive. Very enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, Wayne Snow 
for his elder wisdom. Stephanie Wynn for her no-nonsense approach. And Sally Snow for her loving teacher's spirit. She, she really does have a teacher's spirit. Dwayne Ribley for letting us go home early. <laughs> and uh, no, great teacher too, just that's what sticks in my mind, you know. Anyway, um, and Mike Lee for his spiritual awareness. And again, just keep in mind, most of these teachers taught more than just a single class. So it wasn't just one class and that was it. They did it uh, session after session as well. Um, second, I'd like to thank Joanne. Uh, Joanne for putting up with us these past two years, keeping it all together, encouraging us, administering what seemed to be countless memorization tests, <laughs> and most importantly, reminding us who was responsible for snacks that week. Um, she, her responsibilities included grading and verifying. Now, keep in mind, this is for each student. Uh, 12 100-question final unit exams, eight scripture memorization tests, 504 entries in our daily devotional journals, uh, which allowed us to actually go through the entire Bible. So that, that was great. So we, we'd just like to thank Joanne, for sure. And third, I'd like to thank our pastor. Our pastor for having the foresight these past 22 years to create the opportunity for anyone who desires an in-depth knowledge of the Bible, its history, and God's will for our lives. That's huge, by the way. Not all churches do that, so thank you very much. All right, I'm trying to keep this short, guys. All right, so just a little bit about myself. I was raised in a Catholic home where repetitious prayer, statues, and counting beads were the norm. So I really didn't get to know the Lord until my late 20s when I got saved. I knew the basic truth of my salvation, but really just lacked a biblical foundation. Questions like, how does the Old Testament tie into the New Testament? Why all the sacrifices? What's manna, anyway? Saul becomes Paul? <laughs> well, come to find out, God had a plan from the beginning. He orchestrated 40 ordinary men, shepherds, farmers, tent makers, doctors, fishermen, priests, philosophers, and kings to write 66 books over a 1,500-year period in three languages. It got compiled into English, was the very first book printed on a press, it has been translated into over 2,000 languages, and today is the best-selling book in the world. God did all this to show a continuous crimson thread all the way through the Old Testament and into the New that points to the fact that this God, Father, maker of all things, designer of puppy dogs, kangaroos, the island of Kauai, my wife and our children, gravity, and the perfect balance in nature that screams of a creator wants to have a relationship with us. He wants this so much, he's willing to overlook our sins through the shed blood of his only son, Jesus, and in return, only asks that we accept that reality and share this good news with others. I feel that learning all this firsthand through this course gave me confidence, boldness, and security in knowing 
that this is all truth and as such can be shared daily with others, which is what we're called to do. I highly recommend anyone who has similar questions or just wants a deeper insight into God's living word, take this course, as it's definitely changed me. All right, we're just about there. So I looked up the role of valedictorian. Come to find out, the speech not only closes out the graduation, but is considered a final farewell to classmates before we pursue our individual paths. Well, somehow I don't see ourselves going elsewhere, but I do see us having conversations in our different spheres of influence. So the next time we're at the supermarket, teaching a class, doing VBS, handing out backpacks, teaching at the jail, working at the nomadic shelter, or just talking to a neighbor, remember, let them see Jesus through you. Thank you. We guarantee if you take the course, you'll be a professional speaker just like that. <laughs> Amen. My own net there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, sir. I get the opportunity to present a challenge at graduation, and it's an honor to do so. I'm so proud of all of our students and uh, their accomplishment. It is an accomplishment. It is a two-year commitment, and uh, it's a financial uh, endeavor. You could turn me down just a touch, David. And uh, it's a financial endeavor, but it's also a time commitment. And, but it's for your own growth and well-being. Praise the Lord. And uh, people say, well, why do we have a school of ministry? Uh, basically, we have it because in 1992, after starting the church, hello, Joanna, welcome home. So good to see you. You look beautiful. All the way from Germany came for your graduation. <laughs> Amen. God bless you, sweetheart. Anyway, uh, in, in 92, we were, uh, I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, we need leaders in the church. We, we just need some new leaders. We had people, we had about 35, 40 people coming to the church, maybe a few more. And I was asking the Lord for leaders, and I felt like the God, the answer the Lord gave me was, you'll have them when you raise them. I thought, that sounds like a long time. <laughs> it takes time. And so in September of 1992, we started what we called leadership training on the back porch of our house. We had 26 people enroll, and uh, we just tried to figure out how to put classes together. Over the years, it has evolved where now we partner with John Devlin and Arrow School of Ministries, and we have a full two-year curriculum. It's an in-house Bible school program that we have, and uh, the Associates of Arts degree that we give is for our school. We are not an accredited school. You can't. We don't have transferable credit. This is our in-house discipleship training and school for raising up leaders. Amen? And so that's how we have it, and that's where it goes. But then I start thinking, hey, what a great day for a graduation. Today is Pentecost Sunday. 
Amen. So not only do we celebrate the graduation, but remember, you know what? We've been endued with power to take what we've learned and take the equipping that God put on our life and take it out and to do something with it. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 says this, Therefore, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to have a walk worthy of the calling in which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen? Father, this morning, we thank you. Lord, I thank you in these next few moments. Lord, let me hear your voice challenge us, stir us, and move us into a place where we've never been before in our walk with you. We thank you for these graduates. We thank you for their dedication, their commitment. But more than that, we thank you for their hunger and their passion to know you and to equip themselves for the work and the calling you have upon their lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So the question is, is here, why have a school of ministry? Because part of our commission is to reach and raise and then release. And release is to reach people, release people into fulfillment of their God-given destiny and ministry. Every one of us has a calling upon our life. Why well, I read Ephesians chapter 4. We all have purpose to be fulfilled in Christ. Because God is a God of purpose. And if we truly are His creation, then we were created by Him for purpose. Would you agree? Each one of us has a distinct purpose to be fulfilled in Christ. We are not accidents or mistakes. We have a purpose. True happiness and fulfillment comes in life when we connect with and live out the fulfillment of our God-designed purpose in Christ. Praise the Lord. Here's a little clip for you to watch this morning. What happened that day when the Spirit arrived, when the Holy Spirit came? What happened then? It got loud. Loud enough to be heard all. Excuse us while we experience technical difficulty. The one, the second one. Did we load those other videos for the graduation? Okay. The one on purpose. Not the butt one. The butt one is last. That's it. Thank you. Perfect. No problem. Perfect. I've been wrestling with purpose. What was I created for? I'm more than what you see on the surface. See beneath my skin and scars. I'm skinned and scarred. Marred and twisted. Scarred by the past I need to be lifted. And sometimes I question my own existence. What was I put here for? In my seams, it seems that there seems to be more. It's like I'm a light, unplugged from the socket. I mean, do I really exist to put money in my pocket? This nine to five feels like a nine to nine. My mind entwined, I pass the time. Life circles me as I wait. What is my estate? I feel like I was made for something great, and yet I can't quite put my finger on it. But when I look at my fingers and I see their design, 
I realize I'm one of a kind and something created me. No, someone created me and that someone made me for a reason. Even though it's clear the past years have been treason, I still sense this drawing, this calling that even in the midst of my falling, there was someone who died to pick me up, someone who rose to fix me up, someone who's coming back to lift me up. And that someone is Jesus. See, God made me for a purpose. And when I delight in him, it's brought to the surface. Amen. Hallelujah. So now we ask the question, if everyone is called, why are so few chosen? How come so few seem to move into the realm of success? Many say, I know I have a call, but where do I begin? Many times people miss their opportunity because they're waiting for their great door of opportunity to open. When there's small opportunities that lead to greatness all around us. Would you agree? You see, opportunity is never wanton, but it is hidden. And it must be pursued with a passion and a zeal for God in the advancement of His cause and the building of His kingdom. And it takes preparation. What is school of ministry about? It's preparation. The Apostle Paul said, I didn't confer with flesh and men, but I went to the backside of the desert. And for three years, I was taught of the Lord. It takes preparation to answer the call of God. So to the graduates today, I have a couple things I want to ask you. And declare to you. First of all I say to you as a commission and a challenge. Today you have crossed the threshold. Completed the task. And accomplished a goal in life. Now the question lies before you. What will you do? And where will you go? And who will you tell? Think about it. What more would be needed in the way of preparation? Before you could make an impact for Christ. In this your day and your hour. What more would I have to do? So I ask you, what was in your heart at the start? What was the cause and the passion that moved you to this commitment of training and instruction? What was it that kept you connected and focused upon completing the course when the challenge and the distraction would arise? What was your answer to the voice that said... It's no big deal if you don't stay with it. It's just some little program of the church. This won't really matter to anyone. You can still be a good Christian if you don't finish. But you stayed the course. So I'm curious. Did you sense a passion and a desire to do great things for God? In your life? Was there a moment when the thought that forsaking all to follow Him was the least you could do. Did you vocalize a prayer? Did you whisper a vow? Or make a promise or a dedication of your life to His cause? So now that you have run this race and finished this course in life, what will happen if you stirred the ember a passion for the call of God upon your life into a flame? Is there a stirring on the inside of you to move beyond just an educational knowledge about the things of God and into a daring discovery of His will, His purpose and potential for your life? I pray there is. See, the question arises, can true ministry be created for you by another? I don't believe so. Can true ministry link you with another to knit your heart to another 
for the advancement of the cause of Christ? I believe so. Can we find and fulfill our destiny in Christ through labors which cost us nothing? I know it's not true. It is still possible to walk on water in response to his call. Jesus said, Lord, Peter said, Lord, if that's you, I bid me to come to where you are. He still is bidding us to come and to answer the call of God on our life. It's still possible to walk on water in response to the call. So my question is, how far would you go and how much would you give for just one soul? Because that's what the Lord always asks us. What is one soul worth in our life? So the graduates and students, I again give you Paul's admonition of Ephesians 4 to make your calling and election sure. And I'm going to ask you just for a moment for your indulgence as I embark and speak to us all on a brief journey to bring to light the reality of the call of God upon our lives. See, we all have a commission. Every one of us in this room who named Jesus Christ of our Lord and Savior, we have a commission upon our life. And that commission is connected to His purpose and plan for all of humanity. And it is my prayer that by hearing the passion and the commitment of generations gone by and their passion for the cause of Christ, that it will stir our hearts and to answer his call and commit to fulfill the discharge of our duty in our relationship with him. I think about that. We think of the word commission. What does that mean? And, and in the military, there are people and, and they graduate from military school and then they receive an officer's commission. They become a commissioned officer, meaning that they have a place, a, a, a rank of authority. And with that authority comes all the provision behind them and the power and the resources to walk in the office that they have been commissioned into. Are you with me? And God has that same call upon our life. We are commissioned as ambassadors of Christ. And so may we hear these, these statements and may it move us to respond in a powerful yes to God. William Carey, a great missionary, had this life motto. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for a great God. You hear that? Expect great things for God and attempt great things for a great God. Amy Carmichael, God's missionary, wrote this. God hold us to that which drew us first when the cross was the attraction and we wanted nothing else. Think about this. David Livingston said this. I will go anywhere provided it be forward. Anywhere. Listen, and he made this statement. This is one of the most powerful statements I've ever heard. Hear it. If a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, to be commissioned into the army, to receive a commission and a status by somebody of earthly authority, that's considered an honor, he said. How can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? It's an honor to be commissioned by God into the service of the king. And then he said this, sympathy is no substitute for action. Does us no good to look at the law and the needy and the broken of our county and have sympathy and a pity without being moved with action towards him. Amen? John Wesley said this, you have one business on earth to save souls. One business. And then he said this, untold millions are still untold. Wow. Hudson Taylor said this, If I had a thousand lives 
I would give them all for China. He had a heart, a passion for the people of China. He said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. He also said, God isn't looking for people of great faith, but for individuals ready to follow Him. God uses men who are weak and feeble enough to lean on Him. Anybody fit that bill this morning? I do. I'm, I'm just weak enough to lean on God and to believe that He would work through our life. Amen. Jim Elliott said this. He gave his life for the native Indians of South America, the Akua Indians. He said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Amen. Think about it. Are you ready for this? That's the most challenging one I could find. This comes from William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. How many of you have ever seen the people with the Salvation Army, the bell ringers that are out there, and everybody at Christmas? We see them at the holiday. But Salvation Army is made up of more than bell ringers. Amen. It's made up of people of compassion, made people give it to help. And most of the time, it is street ministry. It is homeless ministry. It is care for the down and out and for the broken and the needy is where they began their mission, caring for those that nobody else cared for. But this is what he said. Not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear down to the Bible and hear Him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful wail for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the, dumbed in, in, the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. Then look to Christ in the faith whose mercy you have professed to obey and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstance in the march to publish his mercy to the world wow ct stud said this i like this one he said some wish to live within the sound of the chapel bell I will choose to run a rescue mission within a yard of hell. Yeah. Anybody getting fired up yet? <laughs> Amen. Count Ludwig von Zinzendorf said this, who started the Moravian movement that created a prayer movement for a hundred years. 365 days a year, 7 days a week, 24 hours a day, for 100 years, the Moravians prayed for revival. And it was birthed through John Wesley and some of those to the Great Awakening. In fact, John Wesley was on a boatload of Moravians and found out they had something he did, and he got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. But Count Zinzendorf took them in as refugees and started the, the, that movement there. He says, I have but one passion. It is he... And it is He alone. The world is the field and the field is the world. Henceforth, that country shall be my home where I can be most used in winning souls for Christ. Wow. Think about it. Isabel Coulomb, a missionary to China, said this, I believe that in each generation God has called enough men and women to evangelize all the unreached tribes of the earth. It is not God who does not call it is man who does not respond. Amen. Oswald Smith said this. We talk of the second coming. 
half of the world has never heard of the first coming. No one has the right to hear the gospel twice while there remains someone who has not heard it once. Any church that is not seriously involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission has forfeited its biblical right to exist. How many know these guys are serious? Amen. William Burns said this, I'm ready to burn out for God. I'm ready to burn out for God. Sounds good when your last name Burns. Amen. I'm ready to endure any hardship, if by any means I might save some. The longing of my heart is to make known my glorious Redeemer to those who have never heard. And lastly, James S. Stewart said this, The concern for world evangelism is not something tacked onto a man's personal Christianity, which he may take or leave as he chooses. It is rooted in the character of the God who has come to us in Christ Jesus. Thus, it can never be the province of a few enthusiasts, a sideline or a specialty of those who happen to have a bent that way. It is, distinctive, it is the distinctive mark of being a Christian, having a heart for the lost and for soul. That's the brand upon our souls. Amen? Think about it. I need to, just before I call the ushers, we're going to take communion and pray over our graduate. But before I do, how many have ever, uh, well, let me just introduce this clip this way. This is humorous and to the point. I got a, got a big butt. It's gigantic, if I'm going to be blunt about it. And you know what? The funny thing is, I got several big butts. And, and, and before, you, before you discard me or, or wince at the disgusting notion of that, I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that possibly you have at least one big butt as well. Yeah, you like that? Hurts a little, huh? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something, okay? Everybody we know has a big butt. And more often than not, it's the thing that actually gets in the way of us living a consistent life for Jesus. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to expound a little bit, okay? See if you can recognize some of these butts. But I have to work more. But my favorite TV show is on. But my kids have practice. But I got to tweet something. But it's such a beautiful day. But I'm just not in the mood. But I deserve a break today. You see, everything kind of interferes with my life of, of just living an authentic life for God, okay? And more often than not, it always has something to do with some sort of butt, okay? Even the littlest of butt can distract me. It really can. The littlest butt can make me think, well, I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to think about it today. I'm not going to deny myself. I'm not going to read the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Whatever God asks me to do, I seem to have a butt for it and get away, okay? And the most horrendously big butt of all time is the butt that gets in the way of me just hanging out with God and reading His Word. It's true. Think about it. All the times you're about to open that, and all of a sudden a big giant butt gets in the way. A butt, much like one of these. But I got a farm bill, but I'm tired, but the game's over, but I read last Tuesday, but I gotta check Facebook, but I don't like Leviticus, but it's too hot in here, but I, I just don't like books, but I don't understand it, but it's boring. But what does that have to do with me in the 21st century? Those are some ugly butts, people. Let's just call them what they are, ugly. Ugly butts. 
okay? And there's a lot more to them, sad but true. Here's a list, although not exhaustive, of some of the most popular butts known to mankind. But I don't have enough money yet. But others will think that I'm a nerd if I carry the Bible. But they won't like me if I talk about Jesus. But I don't know if God will do what I ask. But I just can't get motivated. But I'm afraid. But I don't have all the answers. But the small group is the same night as Monday Night Football. But can I just let my life speak for itself? But I'm not happy. That's not my gift. That's the pastor job. But I don't know how to pray. But I can't believe that. But I don't know where to start. But everybody else is having fun. Butts abound, friend. But, 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 but. Here a but, there a but. Everywhere. A butt butt, okay? And, and, and the most overused butt of all time, but I just don't have enough time. Really? Oh, come on, we have a lot of butts. God has given us a real simple word, okay? If we learn it, and we share it, and we teach it, and we live by it, then see, God gets glorified, people benefit, and then we get blessed. That's why we do what we do. That's the why behind the butt, okay? And ultimately, that's the whole point I'm trying to make here, my fellow butt lovers, is if your butt is bigger than your why, then your butt's too big. Okay, it's time to, metaphorically speaking, snap into a Slim Jim. Okay, let's slap on some spiritual shape-ups and hit the road a little bit so we can just manage the butts a little bit. That's all we're trying to do. That's what we're talking about. Let's minimize the excuses. Let's shrink the butts. Shrink the butts. Say it with me. Shrink the butts. That's what we need to do. And you and I can do that together. We can conquer this. You and I can do it if we start today, okay? I know we can. Let's just do it. No ifs, ands, or... Yeah. I think you get it. I got a... Amen. Yeah, I'd sign up for Bible school, but I'd serve in the homeless, but I'd help with this, but I'd do this, but Amen. Say it with me. Shrink the butt. Shrink the butt. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come now so we can receive communion. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Amen. How many could use a little butt shrinkage? Yeah. Most of the time what happens, we think of other people who need their butt shrunk. Not us. I'm just trying to tell you this morning, God has amazing purpose and potential for your lives. See, not only is today... Passover Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, but it's also the first Sunday of the month when we remember the life and the body of our Lord Jesus Christ given and His blood shed for us. Today, remember that God kept His promise and poured out His Spirit upon all flesh, enduing us with all the power we need to be His witnesses in our day and our hour. You know, God gave us the power to overcome every excuse of any kind of but we would give to God. There's power to overcome it. Now, as we receive communion together, we will hold in our hands and receive into our bodies the elements that remind us of the price paid through love for our redemption. So it's my prayer that we would be stirred today within our souls with fresh love, fresh passion, and fresh desire to see souls saved and lives changed by the same grace and power that we're about to receive. Would you stand with me this morning?